Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. All right, welcome, folks, to this week's English Channel Insider Podcast. And if you're wondering if it sounds like CB went through a reverse puberty phase, it's actually, I'm not CB. I'm ex- This is actually David here. So, uh, and then we also have uh, the AC Insider, Kenneth Grover. Uh, Kenneth, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I'm good. I mean, is this is this like a hijacking attempt? I mean, it's just the two of us. It, it seems a little strange, but it's kind of cool at the same time. It's never good when the, I guess, what, the sideshow ends up hijacking and, and taking over the, uh, you know, the hosting duties or whatever. So uh, I don't know if this is a trial run or uh, things to come, but. <laughs> well, you know, we, we miss CB. We don't want him to think that, you know, we, we can do this without him. CB, we, we really can't do it well without you. So you, oh, you'll no. probably find that out here. We're just getting started. So we may surprise ourselves, but. <laughs> Like uh, KG, it's been a few weeks. So, what's been up with you lately, man? You know, it's uh, we. Heck, I'm trying to think what I've done the last couple of weeks. Um, you, you know, we CB and I both we film and do live coverage for the mm-hmm. Alabama Bass Trail. That's kind of kept us a little bit busy. And um, I guess two weekends ago we had Wheeler Lake, and then uh, this past weekend uh, I didn't have one, but we're about to hit three straight. Mm-hmm. So we've got the ABT 100 on Neely Henry. Then we've got North Division on Gunnersville, South Division on Eufaula. Um, those two events wrap up the North and the South, so a lot mm-hmm. at stake for those anglers. June is always kind of uh, a, a busy time for us. So, are you looking? That. Yeah, are you look. Well, what do you think about Neely Henry? Because I know that's that's the, the first event coming up of the next three. So, what do you think about Neely Henry? Well, Neely Andrews fishing a little tough. It's uh, mm. we were we were there for the ABT 100 early in the year, and mm-hmm. it was really tough. Uh, okay. Like we saw very few fish catches, you know, for, for live coverage or TV. That it, it'll be a lot better now. Um, but from what I understand, these guys are still kind of struggling. Mm. We haven't had enough rain recently to really get current generated. Uh, okay. Now that the water's warmed up, these fish are not spawning anymore. They're kind of they're kind of out. With it current it's a river system so current really plays a key in how well those fish react and so far we, we don't really have any i, I know I, I think i read something for tva like up in tennessee had a tremendous amount of rain okay apparently over the weekend and they're starting to flow a lot through the tennessee river but that's not going to help the coosa chain uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't go that far that far north so sure um, it's going to be interesting to see like i said there'll be fish catches but it's going to be interesting to see what it's going to take to get a little bit better average fish than the other guys. And that's what it's going to take to do well. So it's not like, it's not because Neely Henry's on a downward trend in a way. It's just due to the the natural conditions, I guess you could say. You know, I, I think so. Um, you know, it still took, it still took over 20 pounds to win that one early in the year. So mm-hmm. the, the lake still has good quality fish. It's just, it's just difficult at times. And, you know, we, and we, we hear this about a lot of lakes, but, the pressure we've had in the last couple of years, um, that lake's no different. Uh, um, you know, the extra pressure makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, it, now, it is an ABT 100, so instead of 225 boats in a normal ABT event, it's 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 100. So, 
that will help a little bit. I mean, it's, it's half the field, so mm-hmm. it'll give these guys a little bit more uh, room to move around, maybe uh, maybe run more patterns. There are certain areas of the lake that tend to, to hold a lot of fishermen anyway, so okay. it, it may help things a little bit, the fact that it's 100 boats. Now, I'm assuming temperatures for you guys have been pretty stable, so it's not like it, a heat wave is going to keep people off the lake, and obviously with Memorial Day this past weekend, it's – uh, I'm assuming the boat traffic, whether it's fishermen or pleasure uh, traffic, is going to be pretty hectic or chaotic anyways. Yeah, it's been like that now for, for quite a while, ever since, well, probably 1st of May consistently. Okay. Uh, but, you know, even even in April when we had good weekends, uh, people were getting out. I mean, People have gotten used to spending time on the lake, whether it's fishing or skiing or just sitting on a pontoon doing nothing, whatever. They're used to using the lake now, mm-hmm. and that that is not that is not changed. Any any decent weather, and now that we've gotten consistent warm weather, it's 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 going to be every weekend and lots of times during during the week. Okay. So besides ABT, come did you, did you do anything special? Because this is what this is uh, we're recording this shortly after Memorial Day, but anything that you did. During the last couple of weekends, that was fun or exciting? No, you know, Memorial Day weekend, I really didn't do anything. I actually, okay. uh, I actually spent some time cleaning my boat real good. It's, uh, I saw I, that. I, right. you know, I, I normally do a really good job of keeping my boat clean throughout the year and I don't really have to do, you know, like a major cleaning. It just kind of happens throughout the year, but I, it, that boat may have been about as dirty as I've ever had one. And I, 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 fi- I fixed that. It's, it's in really good shape right now, which it's always been in good shape. It's just, I, I don't, I don't like a dirty boat. I, I like a clean boat. So <laughs> uh, I, I like to take care of my stuff. Is it dirty just based on like, I know you fish to tell you what it is. Is it just based on more fishing or is it just, you got a bit more, more behind on the routine cleaning? Yeah. I just wasn't quite as consistent as, as I normally am. I mean, I, I, I'm normally wiping it down every, if not every trip, every other trip. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's pretty consistent. And, okay. Yeah. And it may have been, I, I may have fished a, a tournament or two or filmed a tournament, fished a tournament before I kind of wiped it down. But I, uh, I, I got, in, I got into some of the crevices, I guess you could say. <laughs> I didn't just hit the high spots. Well, cause yeah, cause pretty soon that boat's going to be replaced. So you're making sure it's pretty much almost good to go there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually, I actually listed it last night just, just to, <laughs> Just I hadn't I hadn't pushed it, but it, it's on. It's, I listed it last night. I've forwarded it to two guys. And okay. One guy's one guy's kind of wanting it, but he's wanting me to give it away too. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I don't know. People have been for our usual listeners. Uh, we've been gone for the last two weeks, maybe, and they're probably wondering why. I know uh, one big reason why we've been missing in action was uh, CB had a big week last week, and that was. Uh, the graduation of his son, so that was one reason why. So he was on; he's been bouncing all over the place. Uh, I guess when is it never where CB is bouncing all over the place? But uh, I know you're a bit more, I guess, excited about what I would experience last uh, this past week. But I was uh, in southern Georgia, on the border of Georgia and Florida, at a, a striking writers conference, and you're, that was. I, I, I was wondering if you really knew where you were. I mean, did, did you did you have to rely on a GPS to get where you were going? I'll tell you that that's been the deepest in the south, like in some like like you know like off the beaten path that I've ever been. 
uh, very scenic and gorgeous uh, that I've ever seen uh, ever. Um, But yeah, uh, cell signal really sucked. So that's probably why you probably didn't hear uh, much of me. So I couldn't really get, um, you know, whether it's reception on the lake for the most part until uh, I I came back to where we were staying at and and got access to the Wi-Fi. But that was a pretty unique uh, experience, uh, whether it's just the, uh, the, lo- the locale and then obviously the fish catching, but that was a pretty unique event to have been, de- been at. So, um, so, I mean, you're, you're kind of acting secret here, David. <laughs> I mean, what, is, so, is this, is this something you can really talk about or is this something I, that you're like supposed to keep under wraps for a while? Uh, no, no, I, I could talk a little bit about it. So we were, uh, so we were at a, so, the, the the place that we were obviously was a private uh, private lake, so some people may say that is you know uh, kind of cheating when it comes to fish catches. But um, when we were invited out to like, like I said to a, a striking lose event, a writers conference there, and um, the fish that were stocked at this lake, uh, local um, lake or private lake, uh, was um, it, it's they were put together by the Titan Bass uh, Hatchery, so there. Uh, they've been, I believe, if I remember correctly, since 2018, I've been in business, and their goal is to grow. Uh, they don't want to say, but they are hopefully one of the ultimate goals. If it does everything does work out, is maybe the world record bass. But their thing is trying to grow like more aggressive. Uh, you know, I guess the best sporting, the best sporting largemouth in uh, that there can be so whether it's aggressiveness uh fighting you know fighting ability stuff like that um so we took a tour so when i got there on tuesday of last week uh we took a tour of the hatchery so they showed us you know because uh, there they have uh florida strain and northern um strain largemouth and um you know it's i don't know too much about the whole uh fish uh you know that whole like what was it whether it's growing hybrids like the f1 stuff like that i know that was a big craze about what 15 or so years ago where we were really talking about that but um seeing the science behind it about uh, of their approach uh i mean they take really high quality you know a high quality approach to it then you know it's not like uh when you think about uh what initial impression of like you know what they're trying to do you think maybe jurassic park type stuff with their you know, test tubes type stuff and mixing genes, but um, no, it's just, uh, you know, it's unique how they, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a hatchery. So they, they're, they're trying to raise uh, fish and again, they're, they're still only a couple of years into it. So there's, a, there's still a lot of research. Uh, I mean, there's theories out there that they're hopefully trying to uh, validate and stuff like that. But um, it was nice to see the fishery. Uh, you can see the hatchery, the, the different tanks that they have all the different bass and, uh, you know, seeing some of those seven, eight pound fish that are swimming in some of those tanks and, and stuff like that and, and their approach to it. But, um, but the fishing on the other, uh, on the lake was, uh, it's the, um, the, the, some of those fish I had four, so four or five pounders and they were pretty aggressive in terms of even at the boat and I think water terms like in the low to mid eighties. So, but yeah, it was very fun, uh, to, you know, be on the boat and just to see some of these guys approach to, um, you know, I guess you could say what late post bond, maybe even early summertime fishing and it's stuff that not that I wouldn't think of, but stuff that it maybe uh, gave me a, a different, uh, uh, perspective on things I could probably even utilize up while I'm at here. So, yeah. Right. Now that if I 
Because I, I once I saw the pictures on social media of feeding time when you were there, I started looking into it. So I, I, it looks like their goal is to be able, to, like, if you if you have property and you've got your own local mm-hmm. pond, that you can actually purchase some of these fish from them and stock your pond. And, and the goal is to kind of kind of create uh, let you create your own little paradise where, like you said, the fish may be a little more aggressive, the growth rate may be a little bit quicker. Um, if you've got you know, the whole family can enjoy it. Makes it a little bit easier to kind of, kind of uh, get hooked on fishing or get hooked on bass fishing, I guess, because of the, of the type of fish that you can stock in your pond. Yeah, yeah, that, that's their goal. Um, obviously, you know, whether it's your own private pond that you, uh, you know, that you want to work on, they work with other fisheries, uh, you know, throughout the, the different states too. So they're working and partnering with them, I believe. And if I, I couldn't, I forgot to uh, confirm, but I, I had heard that uh, Gunnersville uh, was recently stocked through the Chris Lane uh, program there with bass from this, uh, from Titan Bass. Okay. So supposedly uh, you guys could ha- have some swimming in Lake Gunnersville. I, I knew Chris Lane did that with the, his tournament that he does every year, but I didn't know yeah. that where they came from. So that's, that's interesting. I haven't fully confirmed, but I did hear that from some of the people, and I forgot to ask that before I left, to just to hear from, uh, you know, because uh, uh, we, we were hosted by Steve. He was one of the, he's like the sales guy there, and then Josh and Aaron uh, are the two biologists that work there, and I, for, I didn't get a chance to uh, confirm that uh, with them, but I heard that that, that 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 was what happened recently. I don't know if it was this year. Or the, the most recent Chris Lane event on Gunnersville, but like I said, supposedly they, they, you guys uh, have some of those uh, uh, Titan bass fishing, uh, Titan bass uh, largemouth swimming in Gunnersville. So you guys might be enjoying those soon. So, well, you know, it it makes me think, and we've just we just kind of saw this with the elite tiers there. But what Texas does, you know, the state mm-hmm. of Texas is probably without a doubt, you know, the best at managing their fisheries. And, you know, they do a lot of programs where they really, they, they restock, they use these large fish and, and try to, you know, breed them. And when they're restocking, it's from, mm-hmm. it's from fish that, that are known to, to grow well. So um, we, we see what Texas is doing. We would like to see that, you know, in other places. I've, I'm in Alabama. I always I'd like to see it in Alabama. The fisheries we have here would, would help them greatly. Uh, but, there's many other states that, that could say the same thing as well. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully more people will see what Texas has done, how it's benefited the state of Texas in a lot of different ways. And, and maybe we'll start to see that happen in other places. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's very, just to see the quality bass that they, that these guys have produced. And again, it's, I'm not saying that, you know, they, they don't want to say it's guaranteed that you're going to, you know, it's, it, there's so many different factors that go into uh you're, you're trying to increase increase the odds yeah. of it being a more successful situation. Yeah. And, and just from so like we we fish two different bodies of water, and this other one is very like uh um what was it very more I guess I guess both of them are exclusive like you can't really get into them. But there was one particular pond where they had just females in it for the most part and uh both like i said northern and uh uh florida strain bass in it and uh for some of those fish being only a couple years old uh, we saw some you know high single digits uh brent chapman i think caught the biggest uh, biggest bass that we were there it was like a 10 something a 10 and a half or something like that and so i did uh, see a picture of that one 
And so, you know, again, if, if those are signs of, of the potential uh, of what they're able to produce out of Titan bass, you know, it can be very exciting for um, whatever fisheries that deal with Titan bass and, uh, and uh, the, the product that they have. So, yep. All right. Well, you know, I got to ask this question. What, <laughs> what, what was the type cover you saw predominantly and what were some of the striking baits that you saw being used? So the one lake that we were at, the, the biggest, the lake that the, the most of us were, uh, had access to, um, there's a lot of flooded timber, which for me, for the most part, I don't experience at all up here because a lot, uh, a lot of the lakes I fish for the most part are natural lakes and we don't have any flooded timber. Right. Uh, or So uh, there was some of that um, and, and some grass, you know, the, the lake for the most part, uh, from what we saw, didn't, it didn't, wasn't super deep, maybe 10, 12 feet deep at the deepest or that I saw. Um, I was, see here, it's, I started with uh, Annie Montgomery. So I got, obviously, so I, I took, we, we, you know, he was doing buzz bait stuff, but uh, the interesting one was my second pairing, which was a certain Greg Hackney. And, uh, you know, people automatically think, you know, pitching, flipping, whatever. And guess what he did? Throwing an 8.0. <laughs> a big square bill, just cranking the timber. Again, like I said, for me, that's something where I never experienced. Again, that's something that I don't, you know, we don't have really up here. So to see what, you know, what he was doing. And he was, I mean, again, maybe it's the conditions of the lake. But, you know, he got pretty good numbers, uh, you know, just cranking and banging that big old square bill uh, on a lot of the timber that was there. Um, so that was one of the more unique uh, uh, scenarios. That's almost like pitching a jig. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> big fish, but, you know, uh, you know, it, it's like, you know, like four by four off-road, you know, uh, instead of, you know, like close quarter stuff, it was strictly, you know, like banging, you know, like I said, and I mean, he eventually switched up to a 2.5, but, you know, he, you know, he was like, man, I was catching like this on, on forks. So I, I want, this looks kind of like it. So I'm going to stick with it. So, yep, yep. yeah. You, you know, I think that 4.0 and 8.0 are probably underutilized by a lot of people. It's a little bit bigger profile has a big wide wobble, but man, these, these lakes. And we, I mean, we know because of what guys are doing with swim baits. Now these lakes that have, you know, larger bait fish, there's no reason not to throw the four and the 8.0. But, you know, even the 8.0, like for the most part, yeah, you know, like for me, like a lot of the fish I have, even like the, you know, the panfish that I have are the typical size on the average size is going to be a little bit smaller. But even then, like that 8.0, the overall size of it, it's not that much bigger than a smaller, you know, smaller uh, bluegill or crappie, right. you know, so, right. so it's not that much bigger. I, I think it's just having the confidence and, and, and uh, building, yeah, just throwing it and building confidence and throwing that 8.0 or, or the 4.0. But yeah, it was very interesting. Just, you know, again, just, it's a squirrel fishing, but with just a bigger plug. So, right. but that was interesting. And I'm trying to think the other thing that I could think of was, you know, um, yeah, one I, I was, a little, I was a little jealous by the way, when I, <laughs> when the few pictures that I saw from you, yeah, I, I was jealous. What was it? Leave it to me. I didn't catch anything spectacular, you know, like, cause, uh, everyone, when they went to this other lake, the, the, the big fish lake, I guess you could say. I didn't catch a single, I got no bites. And so leave it to the guy up north not to be able to, you know, catch his personal best or, or, or showcase his lake. But uh, that just meant you should have been working <laughs> instead of playing. I tried working, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to work when you see some of the quality of fish that, uh, that these guys are catching um, and that, that these lakes are producing. So it's very, you know, again, thanks to Josh, um, Steve, Josh, and Aaron over at Titan Bass. And then obviously, 
Mark Copley and crew over at Striking Loose for having us because that was a I'm pretty sure KG, you would have had even a better time than me knowing how you how geeked up you can be with um, the science on the on the fishing side and uh, the type of fish uh, that you probably could have been doing and not experimenting with on on the two buys of water that I got to experience. Well, you know the striking pros, and the, I mean the guys the guys that they have at those events, they're they're great guys to work with. You know the, those guys really know how to do it and. And and that that in itself makes your job easier. So you are there to work, but you do have an opportunity to, to play a little bit and catch a few fish too. But working with guys that are easy to work with makes it easier to to balance that out. Yeah, you know, like and speaking of working with certain guys, yeah, you know, again, not not saying any of these guys are worse than the other because you know, like a lot of them, like you know, Shaw Grigsby. There's a lot of seasoned pros that were there, but one guy that I was definitely really impressed with with how he carries himself and everything was uh, John Garrett. Uh, very young guy, so I'm not saying anything bad about him, but you know, especially for a young guy that's trying to make it to the elites and stuff like that, the way how he carried himself and you know, uh, you know, his, you know, just speaking with him and everything, I was definitely really impressed by him. Uh, not saying that just because he's a young guy that he needs to be a, a you know, hot headed or 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 cocky or anything, but I was definitely really impressed with how he carried himself. So, uh, yeah, so definitely whether you know, he was really, um, forthcoming with information and stuff like that. So, I would like I said, very impressed with John Gear. Well, you know, for those those people listening to our podcast, you know, if you're really wanting to understand what it takes to get, you know, l- good sponsorship and all that, you know, there's your example right there. You know, yeah. a company like Striking is not going to put in the time and effort and have you come do a writer's uh, conference with them if you're not mm-hmm. the kind of person that's going to properly represent their company. So, you know, there's a prime example, a guy that's, you know, lesser known, doesn't have the experience, but can still do do what's necessary to get the job done and do it right so yeah so that was fun um like i said i I went from what was it six forty five fifty degrees to like 80 90 degrees so uh definitely put some of the under armor iso chill stuff to work because man it it was like a night and day difference in terms of temperature but uh it was good to get back home in a way too because uh yeah just you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I, I had fun fishing two days, but sometimes I get, I got to get home and just well, kind of, I mean, <laughs> your, your weather up there has just gotten perfect. I mean, it's been, it's been all over the place. So, you know, like, what was it? The, when I came home, I think it was the highest 60. Then like, I think yesterday or Memorial day, we had like high eighties. So, uh, I, I take it what it is. It's not snowing, but you know, like I said, it was, uh, you know, I, I felt like I, I, I I might have been Cammy Raisin if I would have stayed any longer in Georgia, uh, being <laughs> ill prepared. <so. laughs> but it's yes, yeah. something you have to get used to. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, today we'll uh, our guest tonight is Nick LeBrun. He is the recent winner of the Major League Fishing Pro Circuit event on Lake Gunnersville. Uh, I, I know KG missed out. I'm pretty sure KG would have loved to pick his brain and, and definitely did a better job than I did. But Nick joins us in tonight to share about his uh, his win on Gunnersville and talk a, a little bit about how everything played out there. So uh, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll bring in Nick. And then after that, we'll go over the U Pickums for the uh, month of May and wrap it all up. So stay tuned and come back after this break. Hey, 
right, Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code anglerschannel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back to the English Channel Insider Podcast. This segment is brought to you by Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging systems is here. Find out more at dualpro.com and make sure you pair that charger up with a set of Reliant Lithium batteries. The only lithium battery you need. Find out more at ReliantBattery.com and use the code English Channel for 10% off your next purchase. Uh, today, we are excited to welcome in the recent winner of the Major League Fishing Pro Circuit event on Lake Gunnersville, and that's a Nick LeBoon. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thank you all for having me on. Uh, I've been enjoying a little bit of a uh, break right now. <laughs> been doing some painting around the house and, okay. and just trying to serve my wife and make her happy before <laughs> I head out again. Well, you got what, a couple of weeks. So she's got to put you to good work here, it seems like, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, again, we talked about, like I mentioned here, you recently won on Gunnersville. So how many times have you fished Gunnersville prior to the Pro Circuit event? I fished a Bassmaster Team Championship there in December of 2015. Uh, me and my partner, Randy Deaver, finished third in the team division, and then we got split up in the individuals for the bracket uh, mm -hmm. Bassmaster Classic Fish-Off. And I, I got second. I missed the classic by like a pound. Wow. And um, then I went back in a Toyota Series championship around November of 2018. Okay. And, uh, you know, had a middle-of-the-pack finish there. But I say all that so you'll know that I've never had fished it, you know, around that post-spawn um, 
offshore type of a time. Okay. And so uh, it was definitely the first experience I'd had where it was a post-spawn kind of fish heading out there towards the ledges event. So, so with that being said, then was this, uh, what was your approach, I guess, uh, prior to hitting the water, uh, without having fished, uh, Gunnersville at this time of year? Well, I mean, I like fishing shallow. That's what I prefer to do. And I'd spend a lot of time on the first practice day, you know, trying to find brim beds and mark a few late spawners, you know, that, I mean, they were just three pounders and, uh, you know, tried to unlock a frog bite. That never really happened for me. And, uh, you know, I was sewing that producer swim bait also up shallow, you know, kind of uh, on points and little offshore humps that were still shallow. And that was kind of my main deal up until about the last hour of practice on day two of practice, which would be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I decided that, you know, they were running 35,000 a current. And I'd seen some some pretty respectable uh, Tennessee River names out there idling, and uh, and I said, well, you know, if them guys are out there looking, maybe I should go out there and just do some scanning of my own. And so I just picked a section of the lake where I hadn't seen any boats idling. Uh, that was out in front of Seabold, which Seabold's a, a huge spawning creek. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I have no idea why I chose to idle that one little hundred yard stretch, but there they were. I mean, there was, um, you know, uh, probably a hundred fish there and, uh, the screenshots on my social media, Laurent shared it also of what that looked like that day. And, um, you know, I knew that that was a ton of fish and I didn't know that it was a winning spot, obviously, but I knew that if I could get those fired up, a day or two then I could do really well. And, um, lo and behold, um, it worked out for four days and I was able to just ride that spot and 18 out of 20 fish that I weighed in come from right there on that, mm. that lead spot. So, I mean, it was, it was a neat deal how it worked out. So, so basically what you found in practice actually panned out. Like you didn't have to change your approach. Nothing pretty much changed. It pretty much stayed the way that uh, you saw in practice. Yeah, you know, uh, I still caught some fish shallow on day one. The eel grass was really thick on my ledge mm-hmm. at daylight, so I really wasn't able to utilize it. And, uh, you know, I went shallow and caught some. I scraped up about 13 pounds. But the problem with that ledge is it was so new to me, I didn't really know the lineup. I, I didn't know really uh, the bottom configuration. Uh, it was so new to me, I kind of had to figure it out in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And day two, I think I had like 21 that day. It really kind of clicked. I kind of had gotten dialed in on, on uh, the swim bait line and, and okay. um, where to throw that worm at. And so, uh, you know, day two, it started clicking. And at that point, it was just waiting for the old grass to clear out and put your boat on this waypoint and throw toward that you know, campground or throw toward that buoy mm-hmm. and, and just grind it out. And, um, so, you know, anytime you have a big school, I mean, yeah, obviously they're there, but knowing and learning where to set your boat at and, and what kind of presentation they want. I mean, that's key. 
So you mentioned day one, you had 1615, so just under 17 pounds on day one, and you sat in 44th. Was that what you expected? Did, did you, were you worried with that weight, knowing what Gunnersville can produce? Or were you, know, you know? Yeah, it got my attention because, uh, you know, Gunnersville has them, and I knew that them guys that I compete against are going to catch them. But I kind of thought 1615 would be like more like, you know, maybe 20th, maybe 25th. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I weighed in and I'm like, dang, I mean, I kind of got my feelings hurt, you know? <laughs> um, and, I, and I told my wife, I said, man, I'm going to have to step it up tomorrow because these guys are absolutely wrecking them, you know? And uh, so I knew the weights would be high, but I didn't know they'd be that high. And yeah. uh, so that definitely kind of made me, uh, rig my stuff up with a little bit more intentionality and a little bit more intensity that evening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, them guys were catching them. I mean, uh, I can't remember what it took to get a check, but, uh, I mean, probably, probably 30 pounds for two days got paid or a little lower, but, uh, I think it was, yeah, uh, catching good. I think 2910 was the final, uh, check spot. So just, yeah, just right on the, just right on that 30 pound mark there. Like you said, Right. And there's a lot of times where, you know, 27, 28 pounds will make the top 50 cut going into Saturday, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not that time. So I know you mentioned that you kind of got a little bit dialed in and you did, you said you had to step it up. So you caught 2202 on day two. So was it just things worked out better or did you, uh, did you mentioned, um, I don't know if it's just getting dialed in better or did you make certain adjustments to get that bigger weight on day two? Well, it was a combination of two key factors. One, the eelgrass was non-existent on day two. And so I was mm-hmm. able to stay there all day and and learn the spot and figure out, you know, how to get them fired up and where to put my boat at. And once I did that, I mean, I was just catching them. And um, and so, you know, no eelgrass and learning the spot finally and, and kind of getting some of those key casts dialed in. Uh, that's really what made a difference for me. Okay. And so did that also continue with day three? Cause you caught 19.8 on day three and bumped you up from uh, day two. You well, you went from, oh, so you started 44th on day one, went up to seven on day two, and then bumped up one more spot to six on day three. So was day three just a continuation of day two or was it that, uh, were you just playing safe? I guess in a way. No, I mean, I tried to catch, everything I could because, you know, I, di- I didn't want to be the guy in 11th place that missed the top 10 by a half an ounce or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So I tried to catch everything I could, but the eelgrass was back on day three. And I mean, I had to, to really leave that spot several times, just trying to wait for it to clear out. Mm. And I came back there with like 10 minutes to go and caught a four pounder with like literally minutes to go. And, and that really kind of bumped me up there, but, you know, kind of find out I didn't need that fish to make the cut, but it, it sure was a, a, it sure made me feel better riding in with that one, you know? And, uh, but man, that eelgrass, it's just, you never know how it's going to be. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you see a spot that doesn't have eelgrass and you know there's fish there, you better stop and fish it because you may not be able to get on it the rest of the tournament. That's just kind of how it was. Okay. 
So tell us about that final day. You know, oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to tell you, it's kind of a weird deal because in my opinion, the eelgrass is why the lake is doing so well. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the grass is good. You got milfoil, you got eelgrass, and the, the lake is just full of three-pound fish right now. But at the same time, it's out there floating also on the river channel, and it can kind of make or break you. So it's kind of a love-hate relationship, David. Yeah. Are you... Do you like, are you a grass guy or were you just looking for whatever spots? I know some guys, they look, they like that grass. And sometimes it's like, you know, um, they, you know, depending where you're from and what you're used to, sometimes again, I, I rather, you know, fish something with hard bottom or something like that. Did that grass bother you much besides the, the eel grasses floating around? No, I love grass. Uh, you know, I'm from Louisiana and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, fishing grass is not a weakness for me. And so I, I kind of, I was excited about it, but I wanted to find matted milfoil or matted hydrilla, and I just never found that. Um, you know, now I was kind of fishing from Seabold to the dam, and, you know, they're just, that may not have been the right section of the lake, but I like grass. Um, it, it doesn't intimidate me, and I actually welcome it. But if you told me, I was going to win the tournament fishing the ledge. I would laugh and told you you're crazy, but that's just how it went out. So tell us about that final day. Cause you know, uh, you've got, you, you, you were pretty consistent for the most part with your weights. So I, and it sounds like you were pretty confident in your area. So tell us about that final day and how everything played out. So the final day, I mean, I, I realized on day two that the fish to win that tournament were right there. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and I had told my cameraman that, but the deal is with the eelgrass, you just may not be able to catch them. And on the final day, I pull up there at daylight, and the eelgrass is the worst I've seen it yet. And I sit there and fight it. You know, I, I, I try to fish it. I try some different tech, uh, techniques. But the problem is with that swim bait, you, you make a real long cast and let it hit the bottom and the eelgrass just slides down your line and, mm-hmm. you, and you can't know that the eelgrass is on there until you visually pull your bait out of the water. Yeah. And man, when you do that time after time after time, you don't have any fish in, in an hour and a half. Um, it started to send me out because I knew that I was being ineffective and I knew that I was wasting time and, mm-hmm. And I, look, I looked up the river, and there's just endless eelgrass coming my way. And so I pulled the plug on it. You know, I, I, um, I went and ran some shallow stuff, tried to find uh, some spawners on the fly, went and threw a frog some, uh, went and threw a V&M chopstick some, and I caught little 10-inch fish. And wow. It's 9.55, and I don't have a single fish, and, and I know my wife is driving from Louisiana to Gunnersville for the weigh-in, and, and I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of feeling like, a, like an idiot, like, man, why did I ask to drive all this way, and I'm not even going to catch a fish today, and uh, I said, you know, I've got to go back to my spot and just try it, you know, and just see what the eelgrass looks like, because if I'm going to win this tournament, it's going to be right there on that ledge. So we ran from um, 
you know, the big bridge in Gunnersville, the big tall bridge. We ran from there to Seabold and we ran past Boy Duckett's house and he was out in his dock fishing and that was kind of cool. Like, uh, but anyway, we, we ran past Boyd's house. We ran to Seabold, shut down at my spot. And it, it's totally a God thing because the eelgrass is just magically gone. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's like God parted the water for the Israelites in Exodus, but instead he parted the eelgrass for, <laughs> for LeBrun and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was wild. I pulled up there and I, and I like a, a little spark got lit when I saw that. And I'm trolling up to my waypoint where the swim bait line is. And I tell my cameraman, I said, dude, a five pounder would change everything for me right now. And I bomb it out there. I mean, I, I probably sling that thing 140 foot. I mean, just, you know, bomb it. It hits the bottom. I start winding that Fitzgerald bait caster and one just absolutely slack lines me. Wow. And I mean, it's one of the most memorable bites I've ever had. I bow up and I'm just like, please be a bass. Like I know it's a giant fish, but I've been catching some big carp and some big catfish out there. I'm like, please be a bass. And she immediately comes straight up and jumped about a hundred foot out there. And, and I'm like, okay, it's a largemouth. I mean, this is, this is, it could change everything. And I get it in, it's a seven pounder. So, I mean, a five pounder would have changed everything, but a seven pounder absolutely changed everything. Yeah. Um, I put that one in the box, got them fired up. And in the next 42 minutes, I caught about 21 pounds. And, uh, you know, it was one of the most magical hours of my life. And, Every time I set the hook, I, I would just tell my cameraman, dude, it's happening. I can feel it. It's happening. And, uh, you know, it, it was a winning moment. You know, you don't always win when you have a winning moment. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you get second or third. But but for me in my career, every major win I've had, I've had that winning moment along with it. And, and that pulling back up there at 10 o'clock and catching that seven-pounder and getting them fired up, I mean, that was it. It was amazing. Something about, was it Gunnersville and God, right? You know, there's that Randy Howell moment. Now you have yours, you know, something special with Gunnersville and God, right? It seems like. Yeah, it is, you know, and, and man, uh, you know, four years ago, you know, I was not a Christian and my life was in shambles and I was actually fixing to commit suicide on the side of the road by Sam Rayburn one night. And, and man, uh, you know, I made a phone call to a friend of mine and, and, uh, man, long story short, um, you know, I just realized that, you know, it, I had to take responsibility for all the wrong that I'd done. And, and I, all the wrong was because I, I never had a relationship with Christ. And I became a Christian right shortly after that. And, and, um, I mean, Jesus has just changed everything for me in my life. And, and, um, and now, like, I've got a future and a hope and a family that's been restored and a marriage that's been restored because of him. And I love catching seven pounders and winning tournaments and, and all that, but that doesn't compare to what I've seen God do in my life. And that's what I try to, to share when I'm fishing, you know, is just, you know, never give up. Um, nothing's too far gone for God, you know, and, mm-hmm. 
if there's anybody out there today, uh, I just want to know that, you know, I mean, I love talking fishing, but I love talking about that stuff too. Amen, man. God's great, man. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So just to wrap up uh, the uh, Gunnersville situation here, talk to us, talk us through your rods, reels, and presentation, uh, the key stuff for, uh, to get that win. Yeah, so it, it was pretty simple. Um, most of the key fish came on two baits. Um, one was a producer swim bait in blue crack. It's a four and a half inch. Um, it's basically just a hollow body swim bait, and I was sewing that on a homemade three-quarter ounce head. I uh, had that pair with 18-pound Sunline FC Sniper 4 Carbon. Uh, that was on a, a, a 7.6 heavy Fitzgerald all-purpose rod and paired with a seven to one stunner series bait cast reel. And um, on the other setup, it was a, a V&M J-Mag style worm. Okay. And I had that on a, v, on a V&M mega shaky head, three quarter ounce black. And same line, 18 pound Sunline FC sniper. Um, the rod there was a Fitzgerald stunner series, a seven three heavy. Okay. And had that pair with a seven to one uh, Fitzgerald Baycaster Stunner Series reel, and uh, I did have a few key fish um, using a Fitzgerald spinning rod, um, and I had that with SX one braid, twelve pound braid with um, an eight pound SC sniper leader, and I was taking just a small like Hayabusa uh, little ball head swim bait head. It was a three sixteenths ounce. And I was putting a real small swim bait on that. And when I could see them on Lawrence Active Target and they wouldn't bite anything else, I could throw that little small finesse swim bait down there and just crawl it through the school. And, I mean, I had some three-pound spots. I had a four-pound largemouth doing that. So that was kind of a little sleeper bait that, you know, not a lot of people were talking about, but it was a player. But – but, you know, all in all, the, uh, the V&M, J-Mag, and the producer swim bait was kind of the stars of the week. Did, did those two lures uh, uh, play key parts in all four days then? Or was there certain days that those really, really, really came into play? Yeah, I had big ones all four days on those two baits. Okay. Okay. Yep. And the, the only two fish that weren't weighed in on that deep spot were actually sight fish. And I used the VM chopstick. Uh, the color was Mardi Gras. Had that pair with a Hayabusa uh, two alt little uh, four guard wacky hook. And so I did catch two fish shallow that I weighed in, but it was on the, the smaller day, on the 16 pound day. It sounds crazy to say that was my slow day, but that's true. <laughs> Did you see many fish on beds, uh, or were just just just, just a, like just a handful or something like that? On day one, they were everywhere. I mean, oh, wow. I'd found a few in practice, and when I went back to look at them, there was like they multiplied. I mean, they were everywhere. So, and I think a new wave had pulled up. You know, we had a full moon, and obviously, you know, not all those top fifty bags on day one were were on ledges. A lot of them were shallow. And so there were a ton of fish still spawning, but they were, I think the fish to win and those top 10 fish were out, were out there, you know. So not a takeaway from this particular win, but I mean, it looks like you've, you've had a pretty good, I guess, what, last year or so? Because the other win you had within the last 
what, 12 months or so was a, a, a Bassmaster Open win on Grove, uh, which led you to your spot on the Bassmaster Classic this year. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, I had a, a major, I would call that a major win for me in, in my, where I'm at in my career. Uh, that was a major win to me in October on Grand Lake. And uh, that punched my ticket to the Classic in March on Hartwell. And uh, thought we were going to do it again at Ross Barnett uh, a month ago. We got second. Uh, yeah. uh, Lee Livesey won that one. And, um, you know, so congrats to him. He's been having an awesome year as well. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to get back to that classic, man. That's, that's kind of addicting. Just uh, to kind of keep it short, kind of it's been a couple of months, but uh, how was it fishing your first classic? It was all of that and then some. I mean, it was, uh, it was what childhood dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. And even more than that, I mean, it was, uh, it was life-changing. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely – uh, I think brought some validity to my career and mm-hmm. it kind of encouraged me that, you know, uh, that I'm where God wants me and, you know, he's definitely making a way for me to be successful. And, um, you know, it, it, it definitely made me want to get back there and, uh, man, that's all I can think about is how do I get back to the classic? <laughs> so it was, it was, it was awesome. So is, is that the, the purpose of fishing the Opens this year? Because I know that I, I, I see that, you know, you, like you mentioned, you fished on Ross Barnett. Is, uh, is that the, uh, are you just fishing just the Centrals or are you hoping to get into um, some of the other divisions at all? Well, right now at this stage in life, I've got two five-year-old boys and a two-year-old girl <laughs> and a wife that's awesome. And so yeah. – Fishing the Centrals is in, and Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit is really all that my family can handle right now. Sure. Um, but, you know, in the future, I might be open to fishing uh, more than one division. But for right now, the Centrals are kind of all I can all I can do. Okay. All right. To kind of circle back, I guess, in that way, because uh, since we started with the Pro Circuit stuff here, you're currently sitting – 24th in the standing. So you're right now in the cut for the title event on the St. Lawrence river. Uh, how do you feel going into your final two events uh, on the James river and on uh, Lake Champlain? I feel really encouraged and uh, really excited. You know, James river is, should be a shallow thing with grass and tidal water. And uh, that's going to be right up my alley. Um, Champlain. I went there when I was a rookie in two, 2019 and, um, that was probably my favorite pro tournament I've ever fished. Um, you know, that's just an awesome lake for smallmouth and largemouth. And um, I'm excited. You know, I, I mean, nothing's promised, and there's always a lot of fishing left, but I feel really good going into these two last rubber season events. Well, I, I know that uh, you got family time and I may have taken a bit more of your time than I uh, anticipated, but I appreciate you spending time with us and sharing us, uh, going over us, uh, going over your Gunnersville win with us here. And uh, good luck with the uh, last two events here. And hopefully you'll make a great, strong showing on the uh, the title event on St. Lawrence. And hopefully you'll uh, have a strong showing as well on the Central Opens. Man, thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope to be talking to y'all again soon in the future. All right, well, thank you so much, Nick, and you have a great day then, all right, Nick? Okay, see you, David. There you have it, folks, the recent winner of the Major League Fishing Pro Circuit Gunnersville event, Mr. Nick LeBrun. 
Nick's been having a pretty hot season the last year or so. Like, you know, we talked about him winning on uh, the the Open on Grand Lake and having a strong showing on the Bassmaster Classic besides winning Guntersville. So we'll keep an eye out. Hopefully he'll uh, have a good rest of the season on the pro circuit and make a strong showing of the title event. And we'll see how things play out because he talked about trying to make it back to the Bassmaster Classic. So we'll see how he does in the Opens here. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to take a short break and we'll keep the show going. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort. IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. All right, welcome back, folks. It's time for the Fully Loaded Chew You Pick'em Contest. Uh, it's been a few weeks, so I apologize if we won't have all of the results from the last couple of weeks, but we'll go over the most recent one, and we do have a winner. I don't know how things played out, but we do have a winner on both sides, uh, on the AC side, and no, Kenneth, it's not you, because I see that <laughs> there was nothing at all you for the month of May. So a lot of empty space. <laughs> so uh first one up was the collegiate fishing championship on Pickwick, which was a two-day event. And the winner of that event was a team from Wallace State of Brighter Chambers and Clint Blackwood. They caught 4691 over two days of fishing. And the winner of that for the U Pickums was John I don't know if I'm reading this right, Slover or Slower, but he caught he got two points with a guess of 45-6. Bob Matthews came in second with 45-45. And for the AC side, Michelle picks up a point with 40-10. Was that a would, would you say that's a good weight KG for uh Pickwick for about was it maybe a week ago? Yeah, about a week ago, over the weekend. Yeah, they had, uh, you know, day, day one was real strong winds out of the north-northwest. Those guys, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures, those guys trying to get back that afternoon. I, I know a lot of guys were late checking in. I'm not sure if it, you know, if those guys had a lot of weight and kind of skewed the numbers. But 
um, yeah, that when you have conditions like that, the lake can fish kind of difficult and, okay. you know, it's, it's an offshore deal. So you're kind of out there in the, out there in the middle of it. So it, could it have been, I mean, that, that's still strong, mm-hmm. still really good weights. Could it have been better? Maybe if things were perfect, but it was still a really good, the guys that won it were consistent over two days and, uh, you know, it, yeah, that's, they had a really good tournament. Is that an indicator of the Elite Series event that's going to happen later this week uh, on Pickwick? Um, probably similar, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the Elite Series will hit it pretty pretty well. It should be a pretty consistent. There again, it's going to rely on current. Current's going to be the biggest deal, and what they really want, they don't want like. We don't want a lot of rain and it just be solid current for a couple of days straight. What yeah. you want is when it's strong current and no current. Okay. That's what creates the, the feeding times is when there's periods of no or very little current and all of a sudden it, it runs strong. They take advantages of those, of those, of that time when it's consistently running hard, they'll still set up, right. You can still do it, but the feeding times aren't as consistent. Okay. Um, but we've got hot enough weather now. Uh, it's not really supposed to rain much other than the system flowing out, you know, the rain that got from what I understand, maybe, you know, up in Northeast Tennessee. Uh, other than that, uh, it's, it's going, it should be pretty good. Okay. There should be, there should be times during the day that the fish will set up right. And that's kind of what these guys want. They need to be able in the right place at the right time, to take advantage of it. So due to unforeseen circumstances, we're not doing you pickums this week, so we'll double up next week. So I'm going to ask you this, KG. Uh, what do you think it's going to take for the elites guys to uh, to, to win on Pickwick this uh, this coming week? Ooh, I hadn't really thought of it. Um, is it going to be Pickwick, or is it going to be a slightly stingier Pickwick just based on this uh, time of year? Um, no, nah, I think you'll see Pickwick. I think you'll really? see some – yeah, I, you know – there's still a there's still a pretty good chance of a nine plus. Okay. Um, but I, I think you'll see really good healthy largemouth, and you're going to see some pretty good smallmouth mixed in as well. Okay. I think I think you'll see some mixed bags. Will be over eighty over four days. You think? Um, to win it. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking twenty one to twenty two pounds a day wow. might win it. The, the key. Nice. The key is can they be that consistent? Sure. But, but, I mean, the lake can give up a 26, 28. So, it's, yeah, 21, 22. I, I think it's very doable. Okay. All right. So, let's see here. Moving on to the next event, which is the NPFL on Watts Bar, which the BPT will also be on later this week as well. Uh, again, if uh, it's here, that was won by a Mr. What was it? Patrick Walters, and he caught... Give me a second. I apologize for that. Uh, Patrick Walton, he won, uh, He let it for wire to wire, but he caught 45-9 to take the win on Watts Bar. And for our you pickums, Henry is an angler. And I apologize for that because I can't for sure read K, uh, CB's handwriting. Uh, with a guess of 40, 45-05, took the two points there. I took second with 42-09, and those are the only points I gathered for uh, – this week here, but Henry Engler got to two points for uh, for 45-9 on Watts Bar. And just out of curiosity, KG, I'm not sure how you how familiar you are with Watts Bar, but is that 
a good weight or a bad weight or an expected weight on Watts Bar? Because uh, speaking with some of the BPT guys that are fishing it at the striking rise ring, they weren't too, not that they were unhappy, but they weren't expecting big bags either for their event coming up. No, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty normal for that lake. That, okay. that lake is, it, it's trying to get better. There's okay. my understanding is there is some grass in it now. It's, it's another one of those lakes that lowers in the wintertime and raises. So it, it's, it, it's kind of a hit and miss from year to year, whether, whether the grass grows back good or not, um, you know, with the water level change like that. <clears throat> but Chickamauga is just below it. So it, it gets so much pressure and notoriety that Watts Barsh is kind of just kind of hanging out up there. Okay. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if it'll, if it will get better and better. Um, but, it's not, I mean, it's really not there yet. So, and, and it, the little bit that I watched of that uh, tournament, it's, it looked like those fish were just really hard to catch. Okay. Um, you know, the, there were a lot of fish in certain areas, but they were real finicky. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that continues or, or will there be, <clears throat> being a little bit later may actually help those bites. A lot okay. of those guys some guys are fishing shallow, some offshore. Best I, best I could pick up with the little bit that I watched. It may get a little bit more consistent being a little bit later in the year. Okay. And we're only, you know, a couple of weeks removed, but um, that that could be the difference of – I'm not going to say it's going to make a huge difference, but it, it may help in consistency. Okay. It, I mean, what you're only talking about – it's BPT, so you're only talking about 40 guys on the water at one time. Yeah. That in, that in itself helps as well. Okay. And what's is what's bar significantly smaller than Chick, or it's about the same size? I, I don't know how that. It's got to be smaller, but I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head what the difference okay. really is. Okay. Now you mentioned Chick, so I guess we'll transition to our next event, which was the Sportsman's Warehouse Dream Tournament on Chickamauga, and I don't know how I don't have the winner of the event but the winning weight there was 27 22 with the 831 big fish and there were six bags that were over 20 pounds uh in that event there and so for our you pickums of uh, see here it's brian pritchett uh his guess was 26 71 so he took the two points there and it looks like ray kirby with 26 56 took the second point uh in that event and cb took the point on the AC side with a guess of twenty four ninety seven. Uh, Man, the the last three or so weeks on that lake has been incredible. It's, it's consistently taking high twenties to win tournaments. Tournaments, there. it's it's amazing how a little bit of time difference helps that lake. I mean, those fish go from being scattered in so many different places to all of a sudden now they're it's like they're grouped up. Just, yeah, just all of a sudden because we were there for the Toyota. Not long ago, and I can tell you it was it was difficult then. Yeah, uh, even the guys that knew the lake really well, uh, you know. Well, I mean, twenty-two pound bag was a big bag for a day. So that just goes to 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 prove that when these fish aren't grouped up and competing for for bait like they mm-hmm. are when they first get on the ledges, it, it's it's a difficult situation. Do you think that was? The primary pattern is post-spawn, offshore type stuff, or was it a mix of both? Because uh, I only asked only because, what was it? I think it, when I was talking it to you? It could have been a mix of both. Okay. 
Because I, I was just surprised when I was there. Because I didn't get a chance to pay attention to the whole entire Lake Fork event for the elites. But uh, I heard guys were catching them both on beds and um, post-spawn. And I was like, you know, again, for me up here, I mean, our spawn went up in Wisconsin can happen pretty quick, which it did in some ways. Because we had like a couple of weeks ago, a big old heat wave that came in and it jumped the water temps in some spots up to 15 to 20 degrees and like a span of a week, less than a week. So, um, so I was just surprised that guys were still catching, uh, you know, a lot of fish on bed. So I wasn't sure chick played out that way or, you know, well, you know, I think the spawn is always a lot longer process than most fishermen think. Most fishermen mm-hmm. think they're, they're doing one thing or another. And that's, that's really not ever the case. You know, people seem to accept it for the state of Florida. They they admit that that spawn can happen from November through March or April. You know, yeah. and they seem to accept it there. But it's like it's like they want it to happen real quick everywhere else. You know, you take a body of water. Let's say Gunnersville, where I'm at, or Chickamauga. We were just talking about. There's mm-hmm. so many fish on that lake that have to share the same prime spawning ground. They can't all go do it at once. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be in phases. And you've got you've got fish that 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 live more in the creeks or backwaters all the time, you know, it's, it's easier for them to move up and spawn. You got the fish that, that sit on the main river channel, you know, it takes that water a lot longer to warm up in the spring. So those fish may not even sense the warm, the warm water quick enough. They may be some of the later spawners. Okay. Um, so it, it, either way, it's going to spread out depending on, you know, the temperature and different things that happens. Stability of water. These lakes that fluctuate, you know, the water level, I think that that in itself also draws out the spawn. Okay. Those fish are not stupid. They know how to survive in their environment. They know what it takes to have a successful spawn. They're not going to even do it if, if the water levels are fluctuating too much or the conditions aren't right. You've got, you know, too much rain, too much mud, whatever the case is, if the conditions aren't right, they're not going to do it. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's how they survive. They, they know how to read their own environment. That's something we don't really understand. We, we, that's what we try to figure out as fishermen right. <laughs> to, to help us be better, but we'll, yeah. we'll never fully understand it. We just yeah. get little clues here and there that makes us think we've got it figured out until the next time we realize we really don't. <laughs> A typical day in the, in, the, in, the, what, day in the life of a fisherman. I mean, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> you try to put that puzzle together. You you put a few pieces together and you realize, hey, I'm working on the wrong puzzle. You need to start all over with a different puzzle. <laughs> Especially when the, the puzzle pieces are from different pieces, uh, different puzzles as well. They're right. not from the, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Next one up on the list here is the uh kusa river team trail event on neely henry which is uh where you guys will be at this weekend here and the winning weight there was 2038 caught by the team of matt mabry and kip williamson and on the ac oh see on the you pick em side james rice with 1998 got the two points there and cb uh with 1996 came in second and scored the point on the regular side and the AC side as well. Uh, is that a good weight CB? I mean, a KG for, um, for Neely Henry or just a yeah. kind of an exception. No, I think, I think for right now it's a good weight. Um, okay. you know, there's been times in the past where, where it could take more than that. There's been times in the past that it took less than that to okay. do well on Neely Henry. I, I think that's a good weight for where that lake is right now. Um, 
the key the key is I think, and I don't I didn't see the results of that one. I'm wondering how quick the weights fell. You probably only have the top two or three there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so uh, second, oh, so basically the first, uh, so second through fourth, uh, 17 pound range, so 1769, 1726, 1702. And then basically it looks like the next four to five teams were in the 15 pound range. But that, that's pretty strong. I mean, that's pretty good for Neely Henry. I, I think okay. those, those are good weights. Uh, that's a good sign. Like and like I said earlier, you know, we've got the uh, the ABT event coming up this this coming weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot different than the one we had earlier in the year. And that's just time of year, just the yeah. way it is. Okay. Let's see. Next one up: Wild West Bass on El Capitan, and that was won by the team of John Mickelson and Randy Lewis. They had. I guess a sizable gap from first and second with 2474. They won the event there. And then the last one here, and I don't know if I'm going to say this one right, but the Carolina team trail, um, they were out on the per, Perquiman, Perkimans River. And I don't have the winners there, but the winning weight there was 2324. Uh, I'm sorry. I forgot the results. So Brandon Black uh, had 24-23 for Al Capitan. So he took two points there. And Anthony, uh, I apologize, Max Maxiden, 24-07, took the point there for second place. And Michelle with 21-10 took uh, the AC point. Then on the Carolina Anglers team trail, uh, Brandon Black took the two points there with 22-73. And Jerry Collette. 2250 with the second point. I'm sorry, the second place point there. And again, Michelle with 1910 takes the last point of the week. Uh, to wrap it up here for the month of May, uh, KG with his uh, eager participation for the month of May <laughs> took fourth place. I took third with five points total. Uh, Michelle beats me by a point to take second place with six points. And CB uh, takes the, what, I guess this would be the second or third trophy from the AC side with the new trophy. He won I it think, with, with 10 points. I think it's two in a row, but shh, don't, don't tell him I've still got the trophy. I won it. I still haven't gotten my trophy. <laughs> one, so <laughs> I don't know if we're, uh, but before we were circulating it, but now I don't know if he's planning on, uh, uh, I know he's got more other important things to worry about, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was hoping at least that I would be able to uh, have the new one, at least put my fingers on it for just a brief moment before it gets sent away. But, but yeah, so uh, I guess KG, it'll just continuously make that little dust spot <laughs> on your piano. Yeah, yep. it's a it's in a good safe spot. <laughs> so even though you're not participating, you still get the trophy. <laughs> I, I need I need to get back on the schedule. I need to I need to do better with that. Well, like I said, I know that we don't uh, due to some stuff that happened over again with uh, CB being caught up with his son's graduation and other stuff, personal stuff that's happening. Uh, we won't have any. Uh, you pick them this week, but we'll double up next week for the second week of June. So I guess, KG, if you missed out this week, uh, everyone gets a, a fair start to everything. So we'll be <laughs> everybody's playing this week how I play. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, it'll start one well, only because, yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure no one was paying attention to the emails uh, for those that didn't have to work 
on Memorial Day. So yeah, so everyone will start. We'll, we'll be we'll give it the OKG try at the beginning of the month, and then we'll pick it up for a second week. <laughs> hey, that just means each week's be that much more important because you got fewer tries. <laughs> and it's anyone's game, you know. Oh yeah, and so uh, to announce because I, I guess since the re the results are on the English Channel uh, website here, so. You know, uh, for those that are wondering who won the overall trophy, Brian Pritchett with eight points gets the um, the trophy for the month of May. So how many yeah. points was second place? Do you got, do you have that? Six place. I'm sorry. Six points for second place. Uh, and that was Henry Engler and Brendan Black and me were tied for third with five points apiece. So tight race. Yeah. Actually, I wish uh, I know we were off for a few weeks there, so I, I would have loved to have seen how things played out. But it is what it is, and it's a new month, so I'll focus on hopefully, maybe eventually winning it and getting it sometime in our trophy at least in uh, June or whenever, if it ever happens at all. So, <laughs> all right. So the well, let's see. We'll transition over to the news and notes, and I don't have much because I know I guess you know, with the holidays. Um, what was it? Somebody uh, was off playing last week, so that may have a little to do with it. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not bitter or anything. I, I'm just, I can't control what CB does in his free time. You know, I mean, you know, you guys have, a, you guys went on ABT duties, so I, I wasn't you guys talking about him. <laughs> well, you know, uh, like I mean, I you're the, you're the one that does all the posting on the website. I mean, <laughs> when you're when you're tied up fishing for three or four days, you know, it just. It, everything comes to a screeching halt. Uh, I don't. I don't make the news, <laughs> but you know, like I told you, KG. You know, you have an opportunity coming up in October, and you better make it. You know, I, I well, think. you know, I, I'm. It's one of those things that I'm. I'm almost afraid to talk about because October is still a little ways away. It is. So there's always a chance of something happening. You know change of plans or uh, what's the weather like that far north in October? Um, it could be, well, for you, you might be in winter clothing uh, just because you're probably not used to, you know, 40, 50 degrees, 60 degrees. Uh, you know, but last year when I went to the event in October, it was a little bit unseasonably warm. Uh, so it was actually, for me, it was somewhat comfortable, but like I said, uh, it could be uh, up north. It just depends on if, uh, if fall decides to show up a little bit early, so it could be yeah. higher fifties. It could be, you know, uh, higher sixties or whatever, but so you might want to bring some extra warm clothes, but, um, if, if the small mouth are chomping, that'll warm me up. That's all I'm saying. If it was like, it was last year for me, you, would, I, I, I'm pretty sure you'll find a way to stay warm with the fish catching. So, yeah. So I, I gotta I gotta be proficient with the work side of it so I can enjoy some of that myself. <laughs> just saying. That's what I try to do. Now I got as much the, the work as, as soon as I can, and then just keep that rod and reel in and, and locked in. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, you know whether it's catching a PB or just being able to say you fish in the back of the boat uh, and and catching some fish with uh, you name that pro. So. <laughs> well, you know that and. You can take a lot from that. You've, you've done this several times now. You've been on a couple of different trips. and um, But, you know, you can learn so much from these guys. And, oh, yeah. You know, like, like you said, you know, it, you were surprised at some of the things you saw guys do. Some of these guys are known as fishing certain ways. 
but none of the guys that are successful on a pro level just fish a certain way. They're all capable of fishing a lot of different ways, and people just don't realize it or pay attention, or that's just not the publicity they've gotten. But, you know, I, I'm really it, – it's a place that I've never been to. Okay, I fish for smallmouth, but smallmouth down here react different than the northern – than up north mm-hmm. the way that is. So it, it's going to be a, a – I'm going to view it as a learning experience. I'm there to try to learn from them. And hopefully in, in me doing that, that I can create something that's worthwhile for someone else as well. Yeah. So hopefully if things work out, uh, I hope that you get to experience it. You know, even if it's like, you know, the fish catching isn't great just to be able to uh, pluck some of that knowledge that, you know, um, just to even understand, you know, cause we all do things have our unique, takes on doing the same exact thing and why it works this way and and to just get to get some of those guys's perspectives it's something that you know um not too many of us have the opportunity to do so right well that's that's my goal you know i i I was fortunate enough to be able to spend some time with carl jockamson on oh yeah um on chickamauga with glide bait that's kind of the way i approached that i just it was an opportunity to learn and that's the way i took it and he flattened knocked it out of the park and it's the, what he gave us was incredible. And, uh, I mean, heck when you're dealing with people like that, you just don't get in the way. You just kind of get them started and yep. and just listen. Yeah. And like I said, as long as it's not too cold for you, I'm pretty sure, uh, like I said, you know, you'll, you'll find a way to get warm quick, quick if it is cold. And, and like, so hopefully the fish catching, if not the, the knowledge that you get from it too, and the experience will, um, make you want to replace me the next time as well. <laughs> I, I'm okay from 50 up below 50. I I have, it's, it's a little extra clothing for me. I can't guarantee it. <laughs> I'll be prepared. But yeah, I, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. So uh, we'll wrap it up with the sportsman's warehouse news and notes here. And I don't have much to kind of go off of, but uh, well, about, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me, let me point this out. I mean, okay. you know, anglers channel websites where all the tournament news is. Mm-hmm. And one of our greatest aspects is the fact that we tell you where those tournaments are. And mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing we've just, we're finishing up the month of May, going into the month of June. I'm guessing month those two months are probably the busiest on our tournament schedule that we have. So if there's listeners out there that have not checked out our website, go check it out, search these tournaments. Um, you'd probably be surprised that maybe find some extra tournaments in your area that you're, you're not aware of give you an opportunity to, to, to fish more. Yeah. And if, uh, if I don't have your schedule out there, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit behind only because of uh, things been bouncing up. But if you uh, don't see your tournament trail and schedule on our website, feel free to shoot me the an email with your, um, with your schedule at D D-X-I-O-N-G at anglishchannel.com. And I'll definitely put it up or feel free to share us with your results because we would like to make you famous in some way, in some small way, uh, share the results of what's happening uh, in your trail as well. So uh, shoot us those results and we'll try it. And, you know, just, it could be something basic. If you got photos, that makes it even better so people can see who won as well besides just reading the results. So, yep. But uh, we'll wrap it up here with the Sportsman's Warehouse news and notes. And for those that have been following, I think I we didn't talk about this last time, but... Uh, Jay Yellis takes a medical hardship for the rest of the season with tendonitis. So um, it sucks to see that, you know, again, you know, people that um, say that fishing isn't hard on the body, especially for those that don't 
uh, that don't know the sport of it, uh, the sports side of it as well. Uh, it's hard to see that happen, but yeah, he does take a hardship for the rest of the year and hopefully he'll be uh, recovered and healed enough to make it back uh, uh, again next year. You know, Jay, Jay's been doing it at the, at the professional level for a long time now. So yeah. all that time starts to add up and shoulders and elbows and knees. And I mean, it, it gets a workout when you're fishing, man, when you're fishing four, five, six, seven days in a row, you know, long hours and, and trying to be competitive like that, it, it takes a toll. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too, too bad. I don't know how bad. Cause I guess he had it in his, in his, obviously his dominant hand, his right hand, it sounded like. And then um, with that, he started compensating by using his left hand more. And now that is same issue is, is creeping over into both to that side as well. So he's dealing with them both ends. So it's, it's uh there's no way that he can compete and, and be able to fish, especially uh, with where they're going to be going to soon, obviously with Pickwick or Pigwick. And then as they make that journey up North, uh, some of those smallmouth with how they fight with the, um, you know, so I'm, I'm it's better off that, you know, there's probably no way he's going to be able to deal with it physically right. anyway. So, yeah, this may, this hopefully will give him enough time to, to get healed up and get ready to start next year. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I could see that's going to, that, that I guess that we probably would have missed is the 11th annual Toyota's uh, Toyota owners bonus event on table rock will be happening in October. So if you are a Toyota owner that meets the requirements, cause I believe it's gotta be within a certain you know X amount of years uh, uh, to qualify to fish this event, but that will be happening on table rock Lake on the weekend of October 15th to 16th. So make sure you get signed up. If you are a qualifying Toyota's owner, um, we'll see. I, I hear that supposedly me and CB might be competing there too. So, uh, cool. spoiler alert. So, I'm not cool. sure about me, but I haven't talked to CB about it. But that is a rumor that I hear. So, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, we co- we covered the one that they were on Pickwick for a few years. We covered mm-hmm. that a couple a couple of years ago. It was my first time being around that, and it's it's pretty impressive what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't have to do this. This is something they choose to do, and it's it's basically uh, a celebration of their owners, and they go all, all out for it. Yeah, it's it's good to see that Toyota has been, you know, you know, um, they spend a lot of money in the fishing industry with what they do and stuff like that, and and you know, this is only the eleventh year, but I forget how long Toyota has been um, playing in the fishing, the bass fishing tournament side. So, they, but they've been pretty serious about. It. They haven't really shown signs of, of them you know, reducing the amount of money that they contribute to tournament fishing. So yeah, it's great to see that, that they invest back into the people that support them. Right. They certainly do. Yeah. So with that, we wrap up the sports and where else. And we end up, I guess, uh, wrapping up this week's show. I don't know if C, uh, KG learned anything this past week or whatever, but, or, they, or if you did that you want to share, but <laughs> you know, I, I had something last week and I'm, I knew you were about to hit. I'm, I'm trying. I've been trying to think of it for the last three minutes. What it was, it was, it was a good one. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's, I'm not able to pull it out. I'm not sure what it was now. See, so, yeah, I shared some of the stuff that I learned. Uh, what was it? Um, yeah, it's a, just a different perspectives. Uh, like I'm not a big. One thing I guess I'll share is just that. What was it? I fished one day with John Garrett and. Uh, he caught the day before, uh, he caught a 
10 pounder on a, you know, a, on a sexy dog and uh, throwing in conditions that I, not that I would never throw, but it was something that I probably would have went with something else. And uh, again, we have a lot of, you know, it was, you know, fishing grass, you know, deeper grass, stuff like that. And it's something that I was like, you know what, up, up where I'm at, I, I fish a lot of grass and they're like, well, you know, I'll probably have to start tying that, that, that sexy dog and kind of working some of those similar uh, areas up here and hopefully be, uh, a believer in that top water. Like, I, I love throwing a top water bike, but in, in that deeper yep. mass uh, scenario. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say this, uh, at least, you know, down here in the South where I am, um, it's getting, it's getting warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, if you're fishing tournaments down here and it's, it's starting to get warmer, then make sure you clean your live wells beforehand. Um, make sure they're nice and clean. And then, Pump water in there in the morning and keep them on recirculate throughout the day. Make sure you 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 know you're you're keeping your fish as healthy as possible. Um, it's it's not hard to do as long as you do a little bit of preparation and pay attention throughout the day. If you're doing a lot of calling, be cognizant of how long you have your fish out of the live well during that process. Try to do it in a way to where these fish stay in the water as long as possible. All right. So with that, well, if you want to chime in and, and uh, let CB know how the sideshow, the circus did the, with this week's episode, which I'm pretty sure CB will never let us t- take rain over the show by ourselves ever again. But if you do, feel free to dial in on the X zone hotline at 256-535-3217. Well, Again, well, now, go ahead. now, David, you know, we, <laughs> we've, re- we have recorded it. But it's still going to go through him, <laughs> right? To be published, it, it, it so might never not even get published. <laughs> he may skim through it and think, "Well, no, yeah. we, we can't. We can't put this out there." Well, if it, if it ends up, but, if it does end up making it out in the it's wild, published and you've heard it, <laughs> tell him what you think about it. Yes. So again, that's two five six five three five three two one seven. That's the egg zone hotline. So with that, on behalf of our guest this week, uh, Nick LeBrun, the winner of the Pro Circuit event on Gunnersville. This is the Circus, the Sideshow, signing out, and KG. Good job, David. <laughs> Don't take it personal with what I do. <laughs> See, I'm not I'm not used to your ending. I know I know Chris's ending. I'm not used to your ending. I never end. <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.